Northwestern met its goal of admitting a class where 20% of students were Pell Grant eligible in fall 2018. The median income for a Northwestern family, however, is reported as over 170000 a year. How do students from the less represented, lower socioeconomic backgrounds define safety on campus? This is the second episode of the Defining Safety series. I'm Brett Mayfield. I am a first year and I am in School of Calm for Communication Studies. Mayfield says his family makes about $15,000 a year, which is considered middle class where he's from. But according to the Pew Research Center, an income between $41,000 and $132,000 is middle class nationally. And according to Mayfield, coming to Northwestern was a relatively big change. What was that experience like coming here? Like, as you said, at home, you were middle class. And then coming here and kind of seeing, I guess, the bigger income gap within Northwestern's campus. I never, never in my life thought, like, I knew my family was, like, poor. But, like, I never realized we were, we are poor. (laughs) So I got here and like during Wildcat Welcome, all of my friends were like, well, let's go out to eat. And I was like, people go out to eat? Like we're not going to the dining hall or something. So I would go with them and just like drink water while they would eat. Mayfield said that he didn't really notice the income gap between himself and other Northwestern students until people started pointing out his clothes. It was like, Halloween time-ish. So I didn't dress as anything because I was like, why bother first of all? And like, I'm not gonna go pay for something. And so I was like, well, he, the, we had a question of the day every single class and he was like, what did you come dressed as? And I was like, I came dressed as Brett. And he was like, oh, we know, you wore the same thing as Monday. And I was like, true, but you didn't have to call me out. So that, he meant it as a joke, but it was still like, I don't think he understood what he was doing in that. So very, it hit hard and I don't think he realized. For Mayfield, that moment was a wake up call, reminding him that talk of inclusivity is sometimes just that, talk. And then that's when I kind of like shut down a little bit, was like at the beginning of this quarter. Because I was like, oh, people, like, I don't know. Like, in order to get into the school, from my understanding, you had to, like, have an aura of, like, I want to be very um, interpersonal and change the world and be inclusive. That's what I put on my application. That's what everyone I know put on their application. And then people don't practice it when they get here. For Medill Jr. Parker Johnson, walking around campus as a low-income student can sometimes feel like a slap in the face. You know, if you're out somewhere and you feel like you know, you're walking home late at night or something, like your guard is up. So I think that's how people feel um, if you're like of a low-income you know, background, you can kind of have your guard up a lot. That can get triggered too. Like, I know for a lot of people, it's like a can of goose jacket or something. You see somebody walking around with that, you're automatically going to have like a little more of a guard up if you talk to them. Or, I mean, it could be something as simple as like what computer they have. Like, you see one of them like dark gray laptops with like the bar across the MacBooks. Like, you see one of those and you just like, 
you know who that type of person is. Um, and that's kind of judgmental, but at the same time, I think it's natural that you see that and you kind of, you know, put your guard up a little bit. So I think it just has to do with, you know, the little indicators that you see all the time. Other low-income students said they also somewhat removed themselves from the too expensive social scene. Medill Jr. Letitia Harris said she isolated herself when she couldn't afford to accept some social invitations, and then the invitation stopped. Harris said her friends, who are mostly other low-income students, socialize in less expensive ways. Like, we don't, like, party that much or, like, um, go out to dinner all the time. Like, we, like, make dinner. Um, so, in terms of that aspect for me personally, like, I haven't had any, like, huge issues. I know that um, for part of my sorority, uh, the dues were really expensive, but it also was, like, way less expensive than it would have been for, like, a PWI, like, IFC or, like, PHA sorority. For low-income students, many of the popular hallmarks of the Northwestern experience, like Panhellenic Association and Interfraternity Council, Fraternity and Sorority Chapters, which Harris called predominantly white institutions, can be unaffordable. Mayfield said another experience that he had to back away from due to financing issues was Dance Marathon. We're great with philanthropy and everything, but we had to raise $400, and pe- there are students that can post on Facebook and be like, donate, and they get it in an hour, whereas if I were to do that, it'd take me probably the rest of my undergraduate career to get $400, because people where I live just won't give you money. Like, that doesn't happen. And then they have this thing called canning, where you basically stand in front of events with a can for money, which is a great fundraising technique. Like, we've all done it for organizations, but like, there are actually students on this campus that have held a can out on the street to live, you know? So, I don't know, I suggested giving it a different name or like approaching it differently, because I do think it is effective, but I have literally put a can out on the street before, so, I don't know, that kind of bothered me. I think I think we're trying, but we're just not getting it. Like, no one's getting that, like, poor people need more than, like, supplies or, like, a backpack. Like, they need your support, like, conversations. Harris said the university as a whole has not done much to support its growing low-income community despite the commitment it made to increase that demographic on campus. They want this like 20 for 20 so bad, and now that they have it, they're not really like doing anything to like support the students on campus. Patricia Tellis Irvin, the Vice President for Student Affairs, said during an interview with The Daily last month that the university is doing as much as possible to support low-income students socially, academically, and intellectually. And they're doing a good job with those goals at the moment. But students are urging the university to do more. In the classroom, Harris said professors don't always adequately support low-income students. I know a lot of friends who have been in office hours and have told professors things like, I can't afford this, or like, this aspect of this course is making it difficult for me. 
or I have a second job and like it's really like a huge burden to have all these readings and like they'll either respond with like oh I don't see why you can't afford it or I don't see why you can't quit that job um so like I guess teaching professors like to understand and be more like aware of different financial situations and how to like navigate that when an individual comes to them um but also like there has to be like a back and forth between like students as well and how comfortable they feel even going off hours in the first place. Cause I know like my freshman year, like I didn't want to go to anyone's office hours cause I thought office hours for the like, you know, like kids who weren't doing well or like not succeeding. And I didn't want to be seen as not succeeding cause I didn't want to be seen as like the low income student who wasn't like fitting in academically at the school. Medill Jr. Allie Golding, a digital managing editor for The Daily, said she had similar experiences with professors and even her former residential college. I said, you know, not everyone can afford the social dues and like keeping in touch with you guys on Facebook is what I can afford to do. And one of the members of that current exec board said, sorry, you can't afford it, but it's only $75 a year. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, $75 a year is not a small amount of money. Like, it is not just $75. And they used the word just, and, like, that just irritated me to the point where I don't really have contact with my dorm anymore, which is sad because it was a res college, and it was, like, a place where I spent two years of my college life. And to have someone say, oh, it's just this amount of money sorry you can't afford it like that was so alienating Golding said these situations pushed her to write a series for the daily about her experience as a low-income student her latest column addressed in part the need for a physical space for first-generation and low-income students on campus a space for the FGLI community is the subject of a recent petition supported by Questbridge and associated student government. I published my column one night talking about these exact same feelings and these exact same goals and initiatives that I want the university to do. And then the next day, having Questbridge and ASG uh, put out this petition uh, to create a physical space where low-income students can really like gather and have support for each other, not just low-income, but also first-generation. Um, it was just, it made me really happy to see, and I I don't know if it will come to fruition. Like, I don't know that the university will actually do it. Um, it's great that they have SES, but it's also very hard to find. It's a very small office. Johnson hopes FGLI will be put into effect and sees it as an opportunity to strengthen the community of students from low-income backgrounds. I've been um, a part of Compass mentoring program. I was a mentee in it my freshman year and then I was a mentor my sophomore year. Um, and I was also a counselor for the SAW program, which is a summer program. Um, but uh, both of those are like specifically for low-income and or first-gen students or undocumented. So. Um, that was always like a group of, you know, people that I knew could just relate a little bit more. Um, and kind of what I tell people about that is like, cause I've had to explain to a few people before, but you know, it's not like we go to those meetings and just like sit there and talk about like how hard it is to be poor, or, like, you know, how hard it is, you know, to be, you know, whatever on campus to be a marginalized person. 
it's more so just that like you can be in that space and there's an understated um just an understanding like below the surface that everybody you know has been through something to get here ASG and Quest Plus released a petition for a designated FGLI space on campus, larger than the SES office in Plex. In about a week, the petition has gotten over 500 signatures. Tellus Irvin told The Daily that she has been in contact with students regarding the space and that she understands their need to have a place to gather with others of similar backgrounds. Without a prominent physical space on campus, low-income students feel left alone in their navigation of Northwestern in a broader sense. So I guess now I'm navigating campus, like I've been lucky to be more selective in like who I'm around and like what my small community is comprised of. Um, but going out that, like there are times when I'll run into people and I'll just be like really, really uncomfortable or frustrated because they just like exist in a completely different world than I do. And it's like, it's too like jarring for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Defining Safe, and I will see you in the next episode.